everybody, welcome to another episode of Two Strike Noise, your weekly baseball history podcast. My name is Jeff. I'm one of your co-hosts as usual. Also, joining me from the sick bay, it is Mark A. Johnston. Mark, are you feeling uh, you feeling okay? Yeah, a lot better than uh, the last couple of days, you know. Uh, you know, I would feel much better if I were watching some Major League Baseball. I'm doing that right now, as a matter of fact. Uh, I happen to be watching a... Uh, Braves Giants game from July 29th, 1995. Nice. Do you already know who wins? I don't, but it's oh, that's uh, beautiful. It's Maddox is on the mound. Bonds committed two errors in one inning. Deion Sanders is in center for the Giants. Wow. Maddox just made an incredible diving play. I mean, He's he's got like four putouts already in the fifth inning. <laughs> it's wow. just a, and by the way, uh, Skip has uh, let me know that the Butterworths from Mobile, Alabama, are at Candlestick for the games. Oh well, that's very nice. Also, the uh, Braves uh, went into a uh, went into a shift against Bonds twenty eight mm. years ago. The shift. So wow, nothing. not anymore. Yeah, well, it's also, it's nothing new. I mean, we know right. Ted Williams got shifted all the time, too, but yeah. Yep. All right, uh, let's get into, uh, let's get into BP. Mark, this is going to be a, a little bit different kind of show because um, we're kind of up against it. We're recording it earlier than we usually do. I'm getting ready to to take off, uh, go down to Arizona. If, you're, uh, if you've listened to a show in the past year, you probably know what's going on. So we're going to do something. We've got Tales from the Dugout. We do that every, usually about once a month. We're doing something, you know, Tales from the Dugout are shorter stories. We're going even shorter stories today. We're going to call this Position Player Pitching. <laughs> it's a blowout. We just want to get out. They're going to be quick hits, but we've got to still got to take batting practice before because we want to be ready for whoever for those 50 mile per hour Evis pitches coming in at us. Uh, now, Mark, I found something out that is shocking this week. Shocking. I've, yeah, I found some evidence that Babe Ruth may, in fact, not have actually been a sultan. What? Yeah. I, I'm just coming to grips with it myself. But yeah, he, he may well, not have been a sultan. I don't understand why it was called that then. That doesn't make any sense. I'm protesting. The results are still coming in, but there are there's no evidence that I can find that proves that he is a sultan of any sort. So You have DNA or anything like that? <laughs> I don't think DNA is going to help us with the, the whole sultan thing, but... <laughs> Your sultan's not in the blood, huh? Okay, well... No. Well, I don't, I don't exactly know how you become a sultan, but... I don't know. We'll, we'll keep everybody updated on Next that. Next thing you're going to say is SWAT isn't a real place. Well, the Southwest Atlanta that is known as the oh, SWAT, you so you know, he could have been. It's odd that he would be a sultan there. Yeah, but if he's not a sultan, then it doesn't really matter. But we'll 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 keep our we'll we'll keep our eye on that. Let everybody know. Uh, Mark, it's official. We talked about this before, but Lars Newtbar definitely is now officially playing for Japan yes. in the in the upcoming World Baseball Classic. That. Uh, you know, that'll be fun. I don't I really don't know how much playing time he's going to get. I think he's going to be definitely coming off the bench because they're a real strong team. But I'm so excited for the World Baseball Classic. I think it's going to be a lot of fun this year. Yeah, I'm I'm ready to watch. It's it should be. Uh, I, I love the World Baseball Classic anyway. And so I'm pretty much um, been dying to see this year's uh, for, you know, four years. I've been waiting. Yeah. And the U.S. has got a lot of good players. They do. 
So could it be, you know, Japan again? Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I, I would love to see a Japan US final. That'd be beautiful. Uh, but you've got all of those powerhouse teams from South America, which yeah, it's yeah. it's gonna be fun. I'm excited for that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. New Year. Uh, this is our second podcast of the new year. Uh, but Baseball Reference made a list of most searched player pages by state for the year 2022, which is last year, obviously. Of the 50 states plus the District of Columbia, 49 of the 51, their top player page searches were for current players. Mm. Only two were of players that have, that, that are retired. The first is from Alaska. Who do you think Alaskans were searching for more than any any other player? I uh, oh JT Snow. <laughs> That's a good wow. Well, I mean, they say his name like what eight different ways. Yes, or, okay. I don't know how many different ways Eskimos, you know, have the word for snow. I think it's right. probably more than that, right. but. If I got to explain the joke, it's not very funny. But no, the uh, George Brett, of course, Alaska, <laughs> really big George Brett fans. But okay. I mean, could be worse. I mean, that's not bad. The other is Delaware. Oh, wow. Is <laughs> Delaware a real place? Well, <laughs> reminds me of the uh, the sight gag from Wayne's World where they're, they've got a green screen and they can go anywhere in the world and, and they go to Delaware. <laughs> but... <laughs> any okay so if george brett is who alaskans are searching for more than anybody else who do you think delo delawareites delawinians delawareians delawareians uh who are they searching for uh bert hooten it's just it's the first so, name that came to mind I'm... random name but no it's pete browning no kidding can you believe that Pete, I think we've got a lot of Delawareans listening to our podcast. Because it could be. We talk a lot about that. Now, I did I did look up both Alaska and Delaware in terms of major league players. Alaska, not a lot of them. Only 12 players from Alaska. One of them uh, we don't talk about because his name's Kurt Schilling. He was born in Anchorage, apparently. Huh. Uh, Daniel Schlereth, who's kind of a... Last pitched in 2012, but he is uh, he's from Anchorage. Sean Chacone, uh, a lot of these other guys, Chad Benz, a lot of these other guys were uh, were quite a bit older, but uh, not a lot of players from Alaska. I did look up Delaware. Delaware has got a, a good handful of of players, including Paul Goldschmidt, uh-huh. active guy. He's you know always in the running for an MVP, but no, they're looking at Pete Browning. In, in Delaware. <laughs> so, Browning is interesting. Well, I, I know he comes up every week on this podcast, but, you know, I would have thought that that wouldn't be the, the number one. Some other names here. Kevin Mench, uh, Chris Widger, Joey Wendell, uh, still active Joey Wendell, uh, Ian Snell. Uh, Delaware actually has some 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 names here of, of players that, you know. Yeah, not bad. In Dallas Green. I'm not a Dallas Green fan. You know, I just, I find it, I've never met a single person from Delaware, so I've always kind of wondered if it was real. Yeah. Well, if you ever meet Randy Bush, uh, you can you can talk to him about it, because he is from Delaware as well. So he says. All right. 
Dover, Delaware, even. Uh, let's see, what else do we got here? Records that have, uh, you know, you get a lot of these people saying, oh, there's these records that'll never be touched, right? You got Nolan Ryan's strike. You got Ricky Henderson's still in base. You got uh, Joe DiMaggio's hit streak, right? Mm-hmm. I wanted to think about some records that are likely to be broken. Okay. So, I mean, I'm thinking that five home runs in a game could happen. With, with the way that people hit balls, the way that MLB switches balls out, depending on who's playing, apparently. I think I think five home runs in a game is going to happen. That's one of my answers. That could, yeah. That, that would be amazing. I also think uh, career strikeouts might be something you see. I mean, that's uh, another really? thing that's definitely in the ups. I did look at it here. Currently, number 41 on the all-time list. You have to go all the way to 41 to Giancarlo Stanton. Is the is the closest active player? He's got one thousand six hundred ninety six career strikeouts. Of course, Reggie Jackson with the all time career mark with two thousand five hundred and ninety seven. But I mean, people are striking out at a good clip. Oh yeah, at this point. So I mean, other active players uh, forty five. You've got Evan Longoria. He's obviously not going to make it. Joey Votto, I think he said this is his last year. But I think some of these younger guys that are already striking out 150 to 200 times, you know, a, a, a season, they they have a chance. Those might be a record that okay, might happen as well. Uh, I'm just curious. This is something for us to think about and, and revisit in future podcasts. But records that are likely to be broken that maybe you hadn't thought about. Before we get to trivia, Mark, we got a quick uh, trip to court. We got a take. Uh, apparently, there was an issue with the quality of our podcast last week. I got a lot of messages saying that they heard me say Barry Richardson when I actually said Bobby Richardson uh, when talking about uh, RBI in a World Series and Hideki Matsui. So I'm not sure if we should find uh, our host of, of where our podcast is host or our listeners for having bad phones. <laughs> yeah, I, I I heard Richardson. Yeah, I definitely. I've listened to it again. Clearly, it says Richard. You know, and I think a good way to a successful podcast is to blame your listeners for things. Oh yeah. So I, yeah. <laughs> they love that. <laughs> you know, I our listeners are very attentive. I will say that though, we've got people that uh, that definitely hang on our word. I think it's more than hanging on our words; is they just like to to call us out. Yeah, I, which, I tell you what, man. The, our if we tested IQs of listeners of of podcasts, I think ours is top ten. I'm not going to argue after I just called all our listeners out for having bad phones. <laughs> it had to have been. Yeah, had to. definitely. All right. Now, Mark, I am very proud of our trivia question from last week. We yes. usually get a good deal of responses. Not all of them correct. Didn't get a single correct response from wow. last week's. Last week's question, just to remind everybody, we were talking about Tony Gwynn. Well, we weren't really. We just brought up Tony Gwynn because why not talk about him? Uh, he was drafted uh, as a two. Well, he's a two sports star at, at San Diego. We talked about that baseball and basketball. And he was drafted by, uh, of course, the Padres. But he was also drafted in the NBA draft. And I wanted to know who drafted him in the NBA. And I knew this was going to be a tough one because I don't think this information is available on his Wikipedia page. And that would be the first place I would go for it. But uh, did now, 
I, I didn't hear from my, my best friend uh, from elementary school that I haven't talked to in 40 plus years, uh, Eddie Davis, who would probably be the only person that would have a chance at remembering who my favorite team was when he and I would pretend to be uh, in the NBA uh, out in, at a, you know, in his driveway. So do you have any ideas? Well, I was going to guess the Clippers. Uh, well, can you give me more information on the Clippers? The San Diego Clippers. Now, how in the world? Okay, now, <laughs> did you do some research here? I did not. I just thought San Diego. Now, do you remember the Clippers being in San Diego? I do. Ah, see, I guess we're just old. <laughs> I, I mean, so. I were, the San Diego Clippers were, for some reason, my favorite team growing up well, when I was... Know. You can you can like the Yankees and all the championships, or you can like the Mariners and 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 hope someday you're going to get one. I'm just wondering how many actual NBA fans today knew that the Clippers were at one point in San Diego. Yeah, because I mean it makes sense. You know, the, he's he went to San Diego. The Padres drafted him. Why wouldn't the local San Diego NBA team draft him? Which they did. You are correct. The San this is two weeks in a row you've gotten this correct. Wow, it's new a new year, new year. That's it. Yeah. So on June tenth, nineteen eighty one, the same day apparently the the NBA and the MLB draft on the same day, and both San Diego pro teams. I'm surprised the Chargers didn't try to get in on that. <laughs> Uh, the Padres took him with the seventh pick in the third round, and in the tenth round, the Clippers chose uh, Tony Gwen. So very interesting. Congrat! I am floored that uh, that you got a, a you know a, a an NBA question right, let alone a, a franchise that has moved. You know, I don't even know when they moved. It was a long time ago. But congratulations! <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, I'd like to thank the Academy. <laughs> All right. Well, I got another question for you here. Okay. So let's see if you can make it three in a row, because this would be very impressive. There have been 54 players in Major League history that are, have been listed at 270 pounds or heavier. Ooh. Only one of them has homered past their 37th birthday. Who is it? Hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. So this one... Uh, I don't know. You might be able to get it. You might keep the streak going. We'll see. Let it go. I got, I got a week to think about it. Yeah, you get. Well, you, again, we probably aren't going to be around next week. Um, so you you probably have two weeks to think about this one. Well, yeah, I'll definitely figure it out then. Okay, <laughs> we're going to hold you to that one then. All right, that's enough for BP. Uh, let's get into our main thing. Like I said, this is a different show today. We are doing a slimmed down version of Tales from the Dugout. We're calling it PPP, Position Player Pitching. These are literally two or three line stories. Tales from the Dugout are stories that don't warrant a whole show. These are stories that are so short, they don't even warrant a Tales from the Dugout segment. So let's see yes. uh, Let's see what we can come up with. I've got quite a few. Mark, I know you've got some things to talk about as well. The first thing I wanted to talk about was a stadium from 1906, and I think I told you, I think this is my most contemporary story that I have today from 1906. East Liverpool, Ohio, the Klondike's Baseball Club, their ballpark was located on a lot that was called the State Line Corner. 
and something very unique about this ballpark. You could, depending on where you hit the ball, the ball could land in one of three different states. <laughs> so you hit a you hit a home run to left, it could land in West Virginia. You hit a foul ball straight back, it could land in Pennsylvania, and anything else is going to be in Ohio. That so, is the coolest thing. Yeah. So I mean, just think about the MLB blackout rules if this. applied today if somebody was playing at the old state line corner ballpark be something i why don't they stick one at the four corners down there with uh utah and arizona new mexico and and put home plate right on the the corners or right at second base like right second base so you know left fields utah (laughs) right fields colorado the left side of the infield is Arizona, and the right side is is New Mexico. I got I, a lot of ideas. I'd enjoy that. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> one, man. You should propose that. Anyway, what, what do you got next? <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. Well, let's move on to Toledo, Ohio in 1889. The Jacobs, a married couple, Bell and Edwin. I'm sure they had a lovely, uh, lovely union. Well, Belle uh, eventually had enough of Edwin, apparently, though. She filed for divorce on the grounds that Edwin was, quote, a baseball crank, end quote. We probably shouldn't let our wives hear about this one. No. Uh, Belle claimed that Edwin never came home because he spent all of his time on the diamond playing for the local city team. And during the offseason, he would just sit in the den clipping old newspaper stories out of newspapers and putting them in scrapbooks. <laughs> Jeez. Wow. Well, I guess he didn't have the Internet. He had to have something. Yeah, I guess it was scrapbooking kind of the way that. Uh, <laughs> it was the old Internet. That you used to go back and like I'm watching a game from from 1995 on YouTube. I guess he was probably just looking at old box scores and and stuff. But I know you've got a couple of things here. Let's. I'm going to tag out. Yeah. Okay. I dug up some baseball quotes, but I, they're all from non-baseball players, non-coaches. You know, there's a lot of actors and other things. I just wanted to do a, a list of quotes about baseball from non-baseball folks. Uh, Do you know who Tallulah Bankhead was? Tallulah, that was Scott Bankhead's wife. Well, not quite. I think they were from different eras, but may may have been his mom or grandmother. Tallulah Bankhead was an actress, and uh, she had this great line. She said, there have only been two authentic geniuses in the world, Willie Mays and Willie Shakespeare. (laughs) I love that. And uh, uh, the next one is from Dave Barry, the humorist columnist. Okay, I do, I do uh, know him, yes. Yes, okay. He said this, which cracked me up. If a woman has to choose between catching a fly ball and saving an infant's life, she will choose to save the infant's life without even considering if there's a man on base. <laughs> that, that is so true, though, because you see every year you see highlights of fans of men with a baby in their hand stick their other hand out to catch it like they're yeah. not or a beer. They could I've have a baby it. or a beer. Yeah, I've seen it be successful. A guy holding the baby and he oh, one yeah. hands it. it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Now, George Bernard Shaw. I, I've heard of him, too. Not a baseball fan, apparently, because oh. he asked this question. Who is this baby Ruth and what does she do? Now, this is interesting because I have read 
I read something recently that that shed a new light on the whole Babe Ruth, uh, baby Ruth. You know, I, I think I've always heard that, no, it is not named after Babe Ruth. Right. It was this guy's baby who was named Ruth. But I read something that specifically said that that is actually false and it is named after Babe Ruth. Hmm. I don't know. One I of those mysteries. I didn't care enough to do more research, but <laughs> George Bernard Shaw, I have uh, yeah. actually yeah. heard of him. Now, Gerald Ford was apparently yeah, he, a baseball fan. He didn't, he make a, was it him or, or Richard Nixon that made a list of who they thought the all-stars should have been each year in Major League Baseball? <laughs> I don't, I don't know which it was, but that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome and pathetic, both. Gerald Ford, he had just a quick quote. He said, I watch a little baseball on radio. <laughs> now, are we sure that's not Yogi Berra? Hey, no, I don't have any Yogi Berra quotes. Well, that's because he was a baseball player. That's he right. Specifically said no. And finally, for this segment, Charles Schultz, the, the creator of Peanuts Comics, said, uh, Beethoven can't really be great because his picture isn't on a bubblegum card. <laughs> I got to agree. I got to agree. Boy, Charles Schultz, huge baseball fan, big Giants fan in particular. Yes. Even made a, a strip about a former guest of ours that referenced Ralph Terry. So, of course, 1960, he was, uh, he gave up the Mazeroski shot. 1962 is when he pitched that complete game to uh, win, uh, essentially clinch the World Series. He was named MVP, and Willie McCovey flyballed a right field that uh, was, a, was a good defensive play. There you go. That's interesting. Well, I have some more quotes, but I think I'll turn it over to you for uh, for another segment. Okay, so 1899. Now, we've talked about 1899 quite a bit. Uh, one of our first episodes was about the Cleveland Spiders of 1899. It's a, it's a very famous team, possibly the worst team ever. I don't know. I sat through the A's last year. There's <laughs> a definite uh, contender. But uh, I found this uh, this clipping from the St. Louis Dispatch from 1899 that is full of baseball superstitions from 1899. Now, wow. some of these I'm not going to read because, well, a lot of these did not age well <laughs> at, at all. Okay, so here is one. Uh, players would go out of their way to avoid seeing a red-haired woman while on their way to the ballpark. I, you know what? I don't care about the superstition. I like redheads. <laughs> okay, well, you know, in 1899, you might have felt differently if you were a baseball player. Uh, also, under no circumstances, cross the road in front of a load of empty barrels. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. If I had a nickel for every time I did that. I, well, you know, empty barrel. If you're not barreling the ball, you're not. Ooh. You know. Yeah, maybe it. that's it. It was an empty barrel. Uh, let's see. They would uh, avoid walking through a funeral procession. I know that just seems like proper manners <laughs> to me. Same here. I'm not going to walk through a funeral procession. Now, no. it says it does say walking by the side is permissible and favorable. If oh. time will permit, but if you're late, just go right through it, apparently. No. Well, if, if you're walking with the funeral procession, it's never going to change. <laughs> the same thing. 
And if you go the opposite direction, you can fast forward the funeral procession. I'm just going to stay away from them. Uh, let's, All right. uh, let's see here. While playing, do not allow a stranger within your tent or upon the player's bench. So I don't, did they set up tents if they didn't have a dugout? I don't know. Sounds like it. Don't let somebody that's not a player in, I guess. I, I don't know. Seems. I don't know. If you're a good ball player, you should never wear a new uniform unless you just can't avoid it. <laughs> never. never. No. Uh, but if you do have to wear a brand new uniform, you should definitely carry a, quote, well-authenticated rabbit's foot. Carefully tucked away in the lining. You know, I always wondered about the rabbit's foot because it wasn't very lucky for the rabbit. Yeah. Well, well maybe it's road. Well, I guess roadkill. Yeah, you're not. Yeah. No experienced ball player will, while traveling, sleep with his feet pointing towards his destination. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, if they say so. Uh, let's see. It is injudicious to talk to a girl with a cast in her eye. Now, I have no idea what injudicious or a cast in. I mean, if you, you have a broken eye, I can understand you might need a cast in it. But I don't I don't weird. I don't get the. Uh, Maybe uh, it's like casting for fish. You know, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's a lustful look. Maybe they're talking about, you know, groupies. That, you yeah, know, yeah. this might be a old-timey way of saying, you know, steer clear of groupies. Which is good advice. Okay, now this one I don't understand as well. Uh, many players and followers of baseball would sacrifice a week's growth rather than meet a clergyman on the way to a game. <laughs> uh, so are these young people that are still growing? Is this facial hair? What a week's growth. A week's growth of what? I, Vegetables? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> uh, let's see. If you're a professional player, by no means ride on a streetcar or other cheap conveyance. <laughs> That's why Ricky would take a limo, despite the fact that the hotel was right across from the, the stadium. He would take a limo because he subscribed to this. Yeah, well, then it must work. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Don't carry an umbrella unless the rain has started before you leave your home. Oh, I'm going to remember that one. Yeah. All right. The rest of these, like I said, uh, use some words that I'm not going to say. Uh, just uh, some of these. 1899. It's uh, it was a different time, but we're not going to relive those. Now, I am just guessing that the Cleveland Spiders did none of these things. <laughs> <laughs> consistently, yeah. I'm I'm guessing that they consistently walked through funeral processions. <laughs> what were they thinking? I don't know, but we know it wasn't the ownership. It was actually the lack of respect for these superstitions. That's it. All right, I got a I got one for one of our favorite guys that is not Pete Browning. It's not Gabby Street or Gabby Hartman. It's Johnny Dickshot. Oh yes. A.K.A. Ugly, which is, uh, I don't know which is a better name, which I, if I'd rather be Johnny Dickshot or Ugly Dickshot, but uh, not only one of the most relatable nicknames for the host of this podcast, but he also had a great party trick. So as a youth, Johnny was in his backyard. He lived on a farm and some of the older boys were throwing bottles as, 
I assume youth, even to this day, loves, you know, if something's going to break, you're going to throw it as a, as a child. So they're throwing these, and one of these kids accidentally hit Johnny in the head with a bottle. He was knocked unconscious, sent to the hospital. He was unconscious for two days in the hospital Oof. and ended up having a metal plate inserted under his scalp. So during his playing days... Uh, he misplayed a ball one time and, and uh, the fly ball hit him on top of the head right where the metal plate was. Didn't hurt him at all. Hmm. So this led to some experimenting and uh, ended up with a party trick where Johnny would intentionally throw a hammer in the air and let it hit him on top of the head. <laughs> <laughs> this guy should have been a left-handed reliever, I think. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Now, my best party trick in junior high and high school was to have somebody pull a random baseball card, and I could tell you who they played for, the position, and some basic facts. Now, Mark, playing Wax Packs Heroes, as we do now, and we pull guys that we have no idea for, I find this a bit frustrating that I used to know who all these people are, and now I, I, I don't, but that was my <laughs> best party trick. Probably still is. Yeah. Uh, finally, Mark. You and I, we've worked three and even four ball games in a single day before. We have. They're they're just they're high school games, so it's it it's a lot easier. It's a it's quicker, uh, well a lot quicker, but it still makes for a long day. Well, in 1903, the Poughkeepsie Colts and the Hudson Marines played a quadruple header due to numerous rainouts earlier in the season. So this is 1903. There are no lights, obviously. So. <laughs> I'm wondering when the first pitch of the first game was. Wow. Uh, you know, Patriots Day at Fenway, first pitch is like 10 or 11 in the morning, which is still strange. But in 1903, there was no Red Bull. So I'm not <laughs> sure. They might have just been drinking Coca-Cola, which I think still had actual cocaine in it at that oh, point. The good old days, the, the original recipe. Yeah, they just had a cooler of, of Coca-Cola in the in the tent apparently for those but rough day for Poughkeepsie the Colts they lost all four games <laughs> that's gotta hurt in the standings that's a rough day <laughs> uh let's see do you have uh you have a couple more quotes for us yeah I, I uh I got one from James Thurber the author who I've, I've read a lot of his stuff and he's pretty funny what what are some James Thurber novels that that we might have heard of yeah well anything about Walter Mitty Oh, okay. I had a dog named Walter Mitty, but well, there you go. You you were almost related to James Thurber. Oh, okay. Two two steps from James Thurber. So uh, he said the majority of American males put themselves to sleep by striking out the batting order of the New York Yankees. That, that was me when I was a kid, man. That's how I got to sleep. I counted strikeouts. <laughs> Hence the Nolan Ryan fan, um, Humphrey Bogart. Once said, and he is correct, he said, a hot dog at the game beats roast beef at the Ritz. Ah, yeah, I've heard that one before. That's a good one. Yes, and uh, William E. Vaughn, uh, I love this one because it's so true. He said, as a nation, we are dedicated to keeping physically fit and parking as close to the stadium as possible. <laughs> <laughs> now, see, for me, I park, I, I, I don't care if I'm the closest, I just parked wherever I can get out the quickest. Yeah, that's good thinking. Which the closest is if you leave with everybody else, the closest to the park is usually the last in line to get out. So. That's right. Well, um, 
this is my personal favorite of all these quotes. George F. Will, who was an author, columnist, he did write minute work. So he, yeah. is, he is somehow related to baseball. But since he's not a player or a coach, I, I counted him. He said, uh, all I remember about my wedding day in 1967 is that the Cubs lost a doubleheader. Boy, <laughs> I've been there, been there before. Way to endear yourself to your wife. <laughs> we actually made uh, set our wedding up for February so it wouldn't mess with the baseball season. That's that's a true story. But you work with the Mariners. You can October is completely fine. <laughs> well, maybe we can go back and do it again. I got one last quote. This one cracked me up. This is from the Cincinnati Gazette editorial page in 1879 when they predicted the future of the game. Uh, they said the baseball mania has run its course. It has no future as a professional endeavor. I still, those are, look at social media today and that's what all the boomers say. (laughs) Yeah, well, then they should read the Cincinnati Gazette circa 1879. Well, they they might have clipped them out in the the den during the winter and put them in their scrapbooks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, so there, there it is. That's our first, our first ever PPP episode, Position Player Pitching. That's good. I mean, usually some of these things might be BP fodder, but uh, this was uh, good just to, to get them out there, clear out the. Uh, I'm, I'm we're releasing players in the minor league system here, cleaning up some stuff with uh, with some quick ones yep. here. But Mark, that means that uh, we're getting ready for the final uh, segment of the show here. It is time for everybody's favorite cardboard and wax based. One v one combat. It is time for Wax Pack Heroes. Wax Pack Hero. Gotta pull the Wax Pack Hero. All right. So as the theme uh, slowly fades away, Mark, we've got a problem. We do. Yes. So last week, uh, if you remember, I took the win. Yes. I, I dominated. I, I dismantled your, your team to uh, make the score 15 to 14. I'm trailing by one. Now, it was brought to my attention that my biggest card was Cal Ripken. Yes. And apparently what I did, though, is I read Cal Ripken's war total from 1990 versus 2000. Ah. So there was a difference of, I think it was like six points. Oh, wow. Now, I don't remember what the scores were last week. I, I, think, I, I think I still would have won. But I am going to, as the benevolent commissioner, normally you've got to protest a game during the game for it to be registered. I will allow, if you would like, I will allow you to protest last week's game. <laughs> Man, let me consult with my coaches. Okay, we all decided that we got beat uh, pretty bad. Uh, I figured that would probably be the case. <laughs> we don't want to relive it, is the deal. <laughs> I didn't, you might have to stick Don Mattingly at second base uh, for, <laughs> if we had to pick up. All right, well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I clearly, because Cal Ripken did, uh, 2000 was, I think, his second to last year, something like that. It was not a great season for him. <laughs> All right, so the score does remain 15-14. You have a one-game lead. We are playing to 20, and you are the... Are you the two- or three-time defending champion? I've erased it from my memory. I... Boy, I think just two. Okay. I won't be three until the end of this season. Wow. Okay. Well, 
cockiness. It's <laughs> <laughs> well, it's confidence. I know how good I am at this game. It you is know, a I, game of pure skill. I think you know how bad I am at this game. But <laughs> nonetheless, uh, we're going to go ahead. Today, we've got some 2003 cards from top. So no actual wax, but uh, the rules will remain the same. If you are new here, let's quickly go over them because there's a, a good deal of them. Uh, we're going to open these. Uh, cards and we are going to look at the year 2003 baseball reference war hopefully i can keep that straight and we're going to add those together a couple of things that can add or subtract points anything on the player's face glasses eye black a mustache brady anderson's uh, sideburn stuff like that uh that's all good for a positive tenth of a point a war if they're wearing real stirrups where we can see their sanitary socks that's a good uh, tenth of a point but if they're two and ones that's a minus tenth of a point because we don't like that if their caricature or jersey numbers on their sweatbands, if any of their final three seasons were played for the Mariners, if their batting helmet has two flaps or no flaps, or they're batting without batting gloves, that's an extra tenth of a point each. Any awards won in uh, 2003, that means Rookie of the Year, Cy Young, MVP, All-Star, Gold Glove, that's a half point of war. If there's a Hall of Famer on the card, whether that's who we're talking about or not, that's a plus one. If Ricky Henderson or Nolan Ryan show up, uh, it's a plus five for me if it's Ricky, regardless of whose pack. Nolan Ryan is not going to be in a 2000 pack, so I'm feeling pretty good uh, Mark would get like that. a throwback card. Yeah, yeah, I don't no. think I don't I don't see anything about relics in these, though. So I'm feeling confident. That's why I picked it out. Uh, also, Mark, we're both going to pick a team. And uh, if your team shows up in either pack, you're going to get half a point. If mine does, I will get a half a point. So who are you going to go for? I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Reds. You're going to go with the red stocking. Well, not the red stockings, just the reds. Maybe I should go. Well, I'm going to go with the red stockings. then. Okay. I don't think we've ever had it where we've both picked a team that, with the same name, essentially. But No, that's interesting. I, I, neither of these teams have played very well in 2022. <laughs> uh, well, 2003 is uh, what we're interested in, though. All right, Mark. So I've got two packs here. I've got one in my left hand, one in my right hand. Which one would you like? I'm feeling like left hand today. Left hand. All right. Well, I'm going to have you go second again. Because okay, it worked yeah. for me last year, or last, last year, last week. It was almost last year. It was almost so, last year. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and we'll open up mine, and I'm going to go first. And uh, let's uh, just see what we got here. All right, so leading off, I have got uh, a guy here with the Orioles. Uh, he's uh, named Mr. Marlin, though, is one of his nicknames. It's Jeff Conine the Barbarian. Oh, nice. All right, let's see. So uh, this is like prime Oakley uh, era wraparound sunglasses let's see in the year 2003 he split time with the uh he started with the orioles and then was traded to the marlins which uh you know i think he won a couple world series with the marlins including uh, in 2003 as well as 1997 uh let's see though uh, 17 years overall in the big leagues eight with the marlins six with baltimore three with the royals and then one apiece with a couple of other teams in 2003 overall he hit 282 338 on base uh 20 home runs 95 rbi five stolen bases no caught stealing Ooh, picks his spots yeah he was he was eight for eight the year before as well so yeah, he did pretty well there for a while with the 109 uh, OPS plus, and all of this will equal a war of 2.4. Wow, from Jeff Conine, very nice. Yeah, plus the uh, plus the sunglasses, so that'll start me out for with a 2.5 for Jeff Conine. Not, I was not expecting that. Conine uh, 
competes in triathlons. If you can imagine the pain involved in that. I can't. I don't I do not want to. I do not like running. Don't particularly like biking and I don't like swimming. Well, it's not the sport for you, my friend. No, I think I'll stick with uh, with baseball and uh, shuffleboard. <laughs> the two greatest sports ever. Yeah, they have a lot in common as well. All right, so uh, that's a good way to start out. Uh, I'll take Jeff Conine. All right, next, uh, I have got a pitcher with the Cubs. It is John Lieber. John Lieber, I do remember him. Let's see. John Lieber was a uh, pitcher in the big leagues for 14 years. Uh, he had a winning record, 131-124, five with the Bucks, five with the Cubs, three with the Phillies, and one with the Yankees. He was an all-star one time, and that was in 2001. So I missed out there. Injured all during the 2003 season. Uh, let's see. <laughs> There's uh, absolutely nothing on this card that is going to help me out either. So... Really, uh, that's uh, that's not great. What I remember about Lieber is he had a, a pretty nasty slider. I don't know why I remember that. Here's something interesting about uh, Lieber. Um, him and his wife have four children. Names are Jillian, Jared, Justin, Jonah. That that would confuse me intensely. Well, and his uh, his name is John, and his wife's name is Jessica. There, they can just they have mon- a lot of monogram stuff in the household, and they can <laughs> just it. they can all use it. There you go. All right. Well, that makes sense. All right. So after a strong start with uh, with Jeff Conine, I'm uh, I'm still at two point five, and oh, this I don't know. This might help me out here. Here he is with the Rockies. It is Denny Nagel. Last name easy to spell. Just spell Beagle, but with an N. <laughs> Let's see. Denny Nagel, thirteen years in the big leagues. I remember he was with Atlanta while I was there. Uh, remember him I think he was always good wow in 97 with Atlanta he led the league with 20 wins he went 20 and 5 with a 2.97 ERA wow very good unfortunately for me though 2003 was his final year and uh, he was in Colorado which doesn't help he went 2 and 4 with a 7.9 ERA he only pitched 35 innings and had a 64 ERA plus, and that is a war of minus 0.7. He does have a mustache, so it'll only be a minus 0.6. Well, that's cool for me. I don't think going first is working out for me so far here. Well, you got plenty of cards left. Well, like four. All right. Well, Denny Nagel's had some colorful uh, off-the-field antics that we will uh, just let you uh, look up for yourself. Or make some up there, you know. Can't be any worse. Yeah, yeah, some of them can't be worse than uh, some of that stuff. Yeah. All right, next I have got a closer for the uh, Angels here. It is Troy Percival. Troy Percival was, at his peak, was as unhittable as anybody I've seen. He was a very personable guy as well, from from what I know. Percival. Again, if I've got to explain it, it's... (laughs) Just the dead silence was... uh, was Well, I get it now. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. Troy Troy Percival, 14 years in the big leagues, most of it with Anaheim 10, then two years with the Rays, uh, one with the Cardinals and one with the Tigers. In 2003, he was 0-5 with a 3.47 ERA. Not great. He still had 33 saves, 49 in the third innings, 48 strikeouts, a 128 ERA plus, and that will equal a war of 0.6. Uh, nothing else is going to help me on this card, but that's uh, not a huge number I was hoping for. 
I, I love this stat from uh, from him in 1996, where he pitched 74 innings, all in relief, striking out 100. <laughs> Boy, he did pretty good in 2002 in the in the playoffs as well. Well, maybe not so much in the first round, but he won a ring that year with the uh, with the Angels. Next, uh, let's see, wearing some more wraparound shades. This is a uh, topped rookie card uh, here with the Expos. It is Brad Wilkerson. It's Topps rookie, so it has a little trophy. Is that right? Let's see, Brad Wilkerson. I remember him definitely from the Expos because uh, it was right when I was in, in, with Atlanta that he would come through all the time. Eight years in the big leagues, five with the Expos Nationals franchise. He played one year in Washington. Then uh, two with Texas. He did play part of his final year in Seattle, so that'll garner oh, me a little bonus as well. There you go. <laughs> Do you remember those 19 games in 2008? Um, you know, I have to admit, I, I don't recall those. Yeah, I nearly hit 232, so not a lot. In 2003 with Montreal, he hit 268, a 380 on base, 19 home runs, 77 RBIs, 13 stolen bases, 10 caught stealing. Oops. That's a wee bit much, a 115 OPS plus, and that is good for a 3.3 war. Uh, let's see, he's got glasses on and the Mariners bonus, so that'll be a plus 3.5 for me. Wow, from Brad Wilkerson. My big point getter, first round draft pick by the Expos in 98, 33rd pick overall, and he was traded by the Nats along with uh, oh Armando Galarraga. I was thinking, I thought I just saw Galarraga and was assuming. But uh, he was traded for Alfonso Soriano. So. Oh, wow. Galarraga, uh, yes, known as the other Galarraga. <laughs> uh, now, was he the pitcher that threw the almost perfect game? Oh, was that him? I mean, it was a Galarraga, so I'm pretty yeah. sure that was probably him, but I don't want to say for sure. Wilkerson was named a Kentucky Colonel, which is the Ooh. highest title of honor bestowed by the Commonwealth of Kentucky. Wow, an actual Kentucky colonel. I wonder if he makes good fried chicken. In 2006, let's just, I'm curious, who else has been uh, named a Kentucky colonel? Well, Colonel Sanders had. Harlan Sanders, that is how he became Colonel Sanders. So, uh -huh. and uh, again, colonel, there is no R in the word, which is just stupid. Stupid. <laughs> Oh, wow. If you are, I, I would suggest maybe reading the Wikipedia page because there are, there is uh, Colonel Culture, there is Toast, apparently, there are organizations. Moving on, uh, next I have got somebody that I don't remember, but his last name starts with a Q, so I got that going for me. Outfielder for the Royals, Mark Quinn. Mark the Mighty Quinn. Let's see. Mark Quinn played for four years in the big leagues. Unfortunately, 2002 was the final one of them. So, uh, and I'm not going to get anything from the card either. Uh, he played four years in the big leagues. All of it were with the Royals. Uh, lifetime 282 average, 324 on base. 45 home runs, 167 RBI. I mean, this is a good season if, if we could total all that. Uh, 17 stolen bases and a career war of 3.2. I'm wondering if he got injured because these numbers certainly would not have jumped out to me as somebody that just wasn't good enough. Here's something interesting. Well, at least it is to me. 45 career home runs. And that was he that meant he got past Jamie Quirk, who had 43 home runs for a player whose last name begins with a Q. Can you name the all time? 
Well, since I'm reading this along with you, I can. <laughs> but that's the only way that I would have remembered Carlos Quinton. Yeah. Yeah, 154 career home runs for Quentin, leading all Q players on career home runs. Oh, see, I, I knew the, the Q was a big thing when I when I saw that name. There you go. All right, uh, I am at six even. I've got two cards left. Here we go. A pitcher with the Angels. I think I vaguely remember him with the Angels, more with the Royals, most definitely. It is Kevin Apier. Oh, yeah, I definitely remember him as a Royal. Good pitcher. Yeah, he was, uh, I mean, he and Saberhagen... Uh, I mean, I guess Sabergan, that might have been towards the end of his career, but I guess Cone was probably around the Royals that time. I mean, they had some good, some good starting pitchers. Uh, Apier plays 16 years in the big leagues, 13 with the Royals, two with the Angels, two with the A's, and then one with the Mets. In 2003, he split time between the Angels and the Royals. Overall, he went 8-9 and nine with a 5.4 ERA and an 83 ERA+. Plus. And all of that will equal a positive 0.3. So that's not a not a big, a big getter. He was teammates with Troy Percival, though. He was on the 2002 Angels team that won the World Series. He was a first-round draft pick by the Royals in 1987. And, uh, wow, he's traded to the A's for Jeff D'Amico, Brad Rigby, and Blake Stein. <laughs> Blake Stein? That's the guy that said Bueller. Bueller. Oh, that's Ben Stein. Then he was ben Stein, yeah. Oh. Also, at one point, traded for Mo Vaughn. Oh, wow! Not uh, not as big a deal as it would have been in the in the prime of their careers. All right, and my final card. So I'm at six point three. I don't have uh, much hope for my final card here. Uh, it's a manager card, <laughs> and uh, it is none other than. Uh, I mean, I'm sure Red Sox fans are going to love to hear this name. Uh, and think of just leaving Pedro in too long. It is manager Grady Little. <laughs> Poor Grady. Yeah, well, now, in this picture, he does have gl- some sunglasses on, so I will get a, tenth of a point for that. He's also holding a baby. Does that count as anything? Ooh, uh, that's next year's rules. Sorry, man. What, yeah, the baby's got a bucket hat on. Is that? That would be 14 points next year's rules. Ah. <sighs> Baby with bucket hat. I think for now on, if you get a baby in a bucket hat, you automatically win this season. <laughs> I think that's fair. Yeah. All yeah. right. So that is going to get me a 6.4 total. Now, I'm not feeling confident. I'm not going to lie. I've, I've definitely had better packs than that. So, all right, let's go ahead and open up your pack here. A 6.4, which you could beat with uh, just one card. Let's uh, let's see what you got here. All right, so you're starting off with a Milwaukee Brewer. He was also an A for a short time at the end of his career. I think he's still trying to pitch somewhere. It's Ben Sheets. Ah, uh, Ben dancing in the sheets. Ben three sheets to the wind. Sure. All right, let's see. Ben Sheets, 10 years in the big leagues. Uh, let's see. Eight of it with the Brewers, and then one with Atlanta, one with Oakland. In 2003 with Milwaukee, he went 11-13, and 13, one year removed from leading the league in losses with 16. Had a 4.45 ERA, 220 innings, 157 strikeouts, a 97 ERA plus, and that will equal a war of 2.4. Sweet. So you are a third of the way to my total after one card. Well, you knew when you saw Ben Sheets, you knew you were in trouble. <laughs> uh, ben Sheets, first round draft pick by the Brewers in 1999. I'd like to have a 
but he now gold medal winner in the 2000 Summer Olympics. All right, so he's got uh, got a couple of things going for him. I just want to. I think we've we've mentioned this. Oh, he's a or at least he was a part owner of the Milwaukee Admirals of the AHL. Mm. Also enjoys Cajun food, including jambalaya and crawfish etouffee. <laughs> wow! See now you find out these interesting tidbits. I, I think etouffee is a as another plus uh, fourteen in the new rules. If if etouffee is mentioned as a favorite meal, yeah, I think so. That and uh, pineapple upside down cake. Either <laughs> my favorite snack. That's a good snack. All right, next uh, you've got outfielder here for the Baltimore Orioles. It's Jay Gibbons. Let's see, Jay Gibbons, nine years in the big leagues, seven with Baltimore, last two with the Dodgers. In 2003, he appeared in 160 games for the Orioles. He hit 277, 330 on base, 23 home runs, 100 RBI, and a 106 OPS plus. You might pass me here with Jay Gibbons, I'm afraid. Uh, Let's see. Oh, no, only a war of 1.5. He does have eye black on, though, so that'll be a 1.6. But uh, with those numbers, I was expecting a lot more. (laughs) Okay, now I love this. He has got a... uh, Jay Gibbons has a Instagram account. Unfortunately, it is private, so I don't... Can't see what he's posting. But his name on Instagram is (laughs) x5o'clockhitter. Which... You get that that is five o'clock hitter. That's what you call somebody that can rip in batting practice, but not so much during the game. So I like that. That's good. That's a good name there. All right. Next, we have got a Mariner. Uh, This is uh, actually a good looking card. He's got uh, definitely got some sunglasses on and a mustache. It is Carlos Guillen. Let's see. Carlos Guillen, 14 years in the big leagues, came up with the Mariners uh, spent six years there, uh, there, and then the last eight years of his career in Detroit. In 2003, he hit 276, 359 on base, seven home runs, 52 RBI, and a 104 OPS plus, and that is good for a WAR of 2.5. I did not see that coming. No, that's uh, that is pretty good, and that will <laughs> that will put you ahead of me with a 6.5 total. I just got to avoid the negatives. Yes, let's see. He was uh, signed by Houston as a amateur free agent and then traded at, uh, with a player to be named later and Freddie Garcia to the Mariners for Randy Johnson in 90. Yes, the player to be named later was John Halama. It was your guy with the uh, the sparkly boxers. That's right. <laughs> All right, next you have got a pitcher here with the uh, Angels. It is Ramon Ortiz. Ramon uh, played for a lot of different teams. Let's see. Ramon Ortiz, 12 years in the big leagues, six with Anaheim, and then one year apiece with the Twins, Rockies, Dodgers, Cubs, Nationals, Reds, and Blue Jays. Goodness. Well, you know, and he was a right-hander, too. You know, he could start. So he was probably that guy that was the number five or six uh, guy in a rotation. 2003, wow, with the Angels, he went 16 and 13. With a oh, five wow. with a five point two ERA, <laughs> jeez. Uh, you know, the year before in two thousand and two, when they won the World Series, he went fifteen and nine with a three point seven ERA, and led the league. He gave up forty home runs that year. 
Wow. Man, Jeez. I know BP pitchers who don't give up that many. Jeez, I mean, that offense had to have carried him that year. Uh, let's see. Overall, this is good for an 85 ERA plus in 2003 and a minus .7 war. Wow. <laughs> good news. I'm back in the lead. Uh, nothing else on this card is going to help you out, but jeez. Uh, I can see why he never played in Colorado. Uh, I mean, he <laughs> might have. would have been an interesting combo. Broken some sort of record. Uh, also went on to play in the NPB for the Oryx Buffalo. Still, though, he, <laughs> played long, he played a pretty long time. Uh, all right, so you're at 5.8 now. I'm back in the lead. Uh, let's see, you've only got four cards left. <laughs> not, uh, next, you got catcher for the Rays. It is John Flaherty. Just don't be negative, John. John Flaherty, uh, long career, 14 years in the big leagues. Uh, he's a catcher, backup catcher, bounced yeah. around. 2003, he was with the Yankees. 40 games there. He hit 267, 297 on base, four home runs, 14 RBI, 97 OPS plus, And that is good for a .6 war. Good, uh, you know, defensive guy. That'll take you to 6.4. We're tied. Ooh. Nothing else on this card is going to help you out with anything. We got a battle. I think we've talked about this. Uh, his nickname was Flash. A typical nickname for a catcher. Backup <laughs> catcher. All right. This guy is uh, next your card. This guy was a guy that I think for some reason I saw somebody voted for him this year on the, on the uh, Hall of Fame ballot. Uh, this guy... I can tell you right now, Mark and I enjoy because this guy was a starting pitcher that worked very quickly <laughs> here with the White Sox, Mark Burley. Oh, absolutely. Not a bad uh, pitcher either. Uh, not a fun last name to spell, especially if you're not a good speller. Uh, Mark Burley, 16 years in the big leagues, 12 with the White Sox, three with Toronto, one with the Marlins that I do not remember in 2012. 2003, he went 14 and 14 with a 4.14 ERA, 230 innings pitched, 119 strikeouts, and a 112 ERA plus. It does not give us average time of game, which would be interesting uh, to see for Burley. Uh, that is a war of 2.5, though. So oh, that'll help. Yeah, that'll uh, probably pretty much put it away for you there. Uh, let's see. Overall, 16-year career, 214-160 record, ERA of 3.81. I don't know how somebody... Well, he's still on the ballot because uh, I'm pretty sure I saw somebody vote for him this year, and it, it surprised me. At least I, I'm I'm certain. I, I think it was. He last pitched in 2015, so he could still be on the ballot. I don't know how he would have remained there that long, but maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. But, man, he worked quick. Uh, yeah, he was fun. Pitched a no-hitter against the Rangers in 2007. Only issued one walk that game, and that was to Sammy Sosa, who he then picked off first base. Oh, then nice. Two years later, he got his perfect game against the uh, Rays in 2009, July 23rd. Very nice. So, I mean, here are some numbers that I can see maybe, you know, why you might be voting for him for the, for the Hall of Fame. Um, White Sox history, he's fifth in all-time strikeout, sixth in games started, eighth in wins and innings pitched. Uh, I mean, he was a well above average pitcher for a good amount of time. But. He was, yeah. Really a big uh, dog fan. He does uh, work for animal charities and, and so on. 
Well, now we like him even more. Absolutely. Oh, wow. The White Sox retired his number in 2017. Wow. All right. So you are at 8.9. You've got two cards left. So I think you're, you should be feeling pretty safe. Uh, next, you have got a guy. I remember he was on Atlanta for a while. And uh, here with Detroit, he also was in trouble because he assaulted one of the, uh, what do they, what do they race around the, the warning track in, uh, in oh, Milwaukee? Yeah, the, the bratwurst? The yeah, yeah. The sausages. It's Randall Simon. That guy. Yeah. He took a bat and he hit one of those racing sausages. And it's like, did you not think that there's like a person in there? Like, I mean, he a, didn't, a skull? he didn't strike him like he was trying to injure him, but no. it was, it was dumb. Yes. It was uh, not the smartest thing. Let's see. Eight years in the big leagues, three with Atlanta, two with Pittsburgh, two with Detroit, and then Tampa, Chicago, and the Phillies for one apiece. 2003, he split time between the Bucks and the Cubs. Overall, 276 average, 309 on base, 16 home runs, 72 RBI, 90 OPS plus. And altogether, that will equal a positive 0.2. On this card, he has got the flip downs as well. So you'll get a 0.3. Three there, bring you up to nine point two. This is a funny write-up on the whole incident with the uh, sausage race. He apparently didn't hit the actual person in the costume, but he did cause her to lose her balance, ran into another, or got stomped on by another sausage. You hate to see it. You she, do. She suffered a scraped knee and was uh, fined $432 for disorderly conduct, suspended by MLB for three games, and fined $2,000. Yeah, it wasn't the smartest thing to do. Then when he went back the, the next year, or later that year, I, this, oh, so this was in 2003. This is the year we're even talking about. He came back as a member of the Cub. He purchased Italian sausages for an entire section during the race. <laughs> Block also received, who was who was the woman that got hit, a complimentary trip for two persons to Curacao, where wow. Simon is from. Very nice. He more than made up for it. Yeah, I think she uh, she probably did okay out of that. All right, so you're at 9.5. Your final card, as long as uh, Michael Tucker doesn't have three war negative, you know, in the negative, I think you'll be okay. Here he is with the Royals. It's Michael Tucker. Uh, Tucker was on Atlanta while I was there. Remember, he was a, I mean, he was a good, he had some speed, he had a little bit of pop, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he had okay. See, in 2000, uh, first of all, 12 years in the big leagues, uh, four with the Royals, three with Cincinnati, two with San Francisco and Atlanta, one with the Mets, Cubs, and Phillies. In 2003 with the Royals, he hit 262, 331 on base, 13 home runs, 55 RBI, a 96 OPS plus, and, uh, well, it's a minus .4. Wow. (laughs) He's trying to help you. Yeah, he does have some sunglasses on here, so it'll only be a minus 0.3. That'll take you to 8.9, and uh, we'll give you another win. You're now up 16 to 14. Oof, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty, man. Yeah, uh, I got to start really buckling down here. Maybe you should have a closed-door meeting. (laughs) I'm going to flip some tables. Uh, Let's see, Michael Tucker, first-round draft pick by the Royals in 92. He was traded with Keith Lockhart to Atlanta for Jermaine Dye and Jamie Walker. Also, he was traded, uh, involved in a trade with uh, somebody else we've had in in my pack, Denny Nagel, uh, and was traded for Brett Boone. Oh, wow. 
All right, so uh, that's going to do it. Congratulations. Uh, as I said, you're up 16 to 14. You are four away from back to back to back, three peat. All right, so that's going to wrap it up. Like I said, uh, next week we are not going to be here. I'm going to be at Fantasy Camp. Uh, looking forward to that. I cannot tell you how much I'm looking forward to that. You're going to give everybody a full report, right? When Like a full show. I am sure. I don't know. I, I guess let us know. Do, do, do people are people really going to care that much about what happened? Maybe we'll just make a video and we'll put it on YouTube or something. I do plan on uh, you know taking some video, maybe interviewing some players. I, I might take a couple of packs of baseball cards down there and open them with some guys. Uh, not exactly sure what, uh, but I should probably have a good deal of content. I'll also be posting a lot of it on social media. Uh, so that'll be on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook is where we are most of the time recently. Uh, it seems to be the, the lesser of, of all the evils. Um, just want to remind everybody also, Mark, we've got a phone number. We do. And, uh, we've gotten some, some interesting calls, some interesting messages, <laughs> Um, you know, if you're going to call and, uh, tell us we suck, that's great. Um, as somebody has done, but you know, feel free to let us know. Let us know if you really care about what happens at Fantasy Camp or not. (laughs) (laughs) But that number is, uh, 607. That's a special area code. 216-8811. You can call. We're going to ask you a couple of questions if you call that, but also just call and leave us a message or if you know the trivia answer or anything like that uh we are going to try to use uh, some of that audio on our 2000 i keep saying that 200th show which is coming up in just a little while this is show what this is 197 so 197 uh, yeah we're getting close so uh if not you can find us on facebook twitter instagram youtube uh, all these things you can find it all in the show notes also if you don't want to call us you can also send us an email right mark yeah, you can email us at two strike noise, spell it out, T W O strike noise at gmail.com. All right. So that'll do it for this show. Thank you, everybody, for listening once again. And we will see you on the next episode of Two Strike Noise. Thank you. God bless you. Have a great day.